This is a quick reminder that there is a Kaisha workshop with our guest from last week, Mestri Jr. It's being put on by Bloco3K. All the money and proceeds go to members of the Hostinia Bateria. I took the class last time and it was great. You can find more information at Bloco3K.com and also it's all over social media. Rob Akari, another former guest, has been has been posting about that a lot. So check that out. Good work, Rob. Welcome to the Brazilian Beat. This is episode 74. Please join us as we get to know the Brazilian percussion music making community one interview at a time. This is Courtney. And this is Diana. Hello. So today we have a I always say the same thing. We have an exciting guest, which we do, but um, Thais Rodriguez. But before we get to that, do you like us? Jack and Mel do. <laughs> 20, 28 cups worth. We love doing this podcast. Conversations, interactions with the global community. It's a labor of love, but it's also labor. Time, equipment, money, and a lot of coffee. Please help us keep these conversations going and learn more by going to Kofi.com slash the Brazilian beat. The podcast is free and will remain free, but it is not free to make. We know that there are a lot of things to support out there right now. If you have the means, we invite you to join the community of support for this podcast, and we thank you. We especially thank Mel and Jack, who were quite generous. And uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support. Very generous. Yeah, thanks, you guys. Um, another way to support the podcast for free is to rate us on Apple Podcasts and to tell your samba nerd, your percussion drumming, Brazil nerd friends about us. We are sponsored today by GoSamba.net. GoSamba.net carries authentic Brazilian percussion instruments straight from Rio and Sao Paulo. So go check check out the site there's all kinds of photos of everything you need and and lots of information so go check out go samba.net uh, there's also a bunch of lessons our our teachers and friends are doing lessons uh, Mestre Junior Sapayo, Dudu Fuentes, uh, Mestre Ayelta Nunez, uh, Pitoco Giara, um, who else? Um, Francisco Machado, um, that's right. I'll- Everybody. I think everybody. Everybody. Lucas Eduardo. Oh, yeah. I did a lesson with him last weekend. It was so good. I highly, highly recommend uh, Lucas Eduardo. You can find him on Instagram. Amazing. So, yes, please reach out to them. Even if you don't see, you know, outright promotion of classes, reach out to them. They might do them and they're just a little bit shy. So, um, yeah. Please help our friends out during these hard times. We... You know, a lot of us are able to afford it, so if you can, take advantage. That's right. So today on the podcast, we have Thais Rodriguez. She became the first female Mestre de Bateria at 30 years old. This was after a long journey of playing in samba schools in Rio. She grew up in a samba family in Hosinia Kimonodachi, where even she heard samba when she was inside her mother's belly when her mother was pregnant with her. When she was old enough, she joined the kids' samba program at Hosinia Samba School, and then eventually she worked her way into the main bateria there. She also played at Portela, Viradoro, Tijuca, and other samba schools around, and she always had a huge love of Tresera. 
Because she is such a valuable player in several of these schools, she was the mic'd third Surdu for the global for the Globo broadcast from the Sambodromo. So like when you're in the stands, you can they, they mic certain drums of the Bateria of all, you know, three hundred players. There's certain ones that are mic'd. And she was she was that person. It's also the, the what you hear when you're listening to like the Globo broadcast on television. So it's a pretty it's a pretty you gotta be re- really good. It's a pretty prestigious thing to to be that person and she has been that person for Cosina for like 11 years I think she said wow. and, and other Samba schools so pretty she's amazing is what I'm trying to say in 2019 she became the first female Mestre de Bateria at Feitiço do Rio it's a Samba school there in Rio and she is still the Mestre now she is also a singer and has and has been more involved in singing and, and music but has had kind of gotten away from that you know, with the whole Mestra thing happening, but she said now in this pandemic, she's getting back into that. So um, look for more more singing coming from her. She's just an all-around talented woman. So we were very excited to have her on. Yeah, she was such a great inspiration and just mm-hmm. such a sweet person. Um, it was great to talk to her. And just um, a shout out once again to Silvio Manrique, who helped us translate this uh, episode. Yeah. None of this would be possible without Sylvia. Thank you. Good morning, Diana. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Hi, Courtney. Hi, Sylvia. Hey. <laughs> Good morning. We have an addition again. Welcome to everybody this morning. Yeah, we, I'm really excited about this podcast today. We have Thais Rodriguez with us. She is the only uh, Mestra de Bateria of Samba in Rio right now. So she's the only female who's leading a Samba school. Yeah, it's, it's exciting to have her here. She's also the Tresera director at Hosinia. She plays with Viradoru. She plays with um, Tijuca and she's played with Portela, many schools. And she's a really interesting person, a good teacher. I've taken a lesson with her online. Yeah, she's a phenomenal person and a really, I'm just, if you could tell, I'm just really excited to have her on. So, uh, welcome, Thais, to the Brazilian Beat. Bem-vinda, Thais. Olá. Boa tarde a todos. Eu sou Thaís Rodrigues, aqui do Rio de Janeiro, na Rocinha, nesse paizão aqui do Brasil. E estou muito feliz com o convite e espero que seja uma boa tarde para todos nós. She says uh, hi to everybody and that uh, she's joining us from Rocinha in Brazil and that she's really happy for, um, about receiving the invite and that uh, we, she hopes to have a, that we all have a good afternoon here chatting with her. So you're in Rocinha right now. Did you grow up in, in the community of Rocinha? Uh, Thais, você falou que está em Rocinha agora mesmo. Você uh, se criou ali? Sim, sim. Desde que eu nasci, já minha família já era daqui, então sou daqui desde que nasci. Yes, she was actually born there and her family is from there as well. Right. And her I've learned about her that her um family was um in the samba school and and paraded and and she, like Thaís's first time parading was actually in her mother's belly. Um can she tell us about her family? 
É, a, a Cornisa está falando que ela ouviu falar que a sua família tem essa tradição de ser de, de escola de samba, que até a primeira vez que você desfilou uh, numa escola de samba foi quando a, quando a sua mãe estava grávida com você. Pode falar um pouquinho sobre a sua família? É, a minha família toda, praticamente, já era do samba. Então, é, minha mãe e minha tia foram passistas, eu tenho uma madrinha que é passista, eu tenho um tio que é músico, e minha irmã também, minha tia, que também fazem parte da bateria também. Um, so, yes, her family, her whole family has been involved in the samba schools. Actually, she mentions that her mom... Her aunt and her godmother are all passistas, so dancers in the samba school. And then she has a, an uncle that played in the in the bateria. So she, for sure, came from a very um, musical family that was involved in the samba schools. Yeah, very cool. Can you tell us about how, when you were young, you, you started playing? Can you tell us that story, playing um, percussion for samba school? Uh, conta pra gente um pouco sobre como você chegou a tocar percussão. É, eu sempre fui assim ligada à música, é, porque desde criança eu fazia teatro, fazia muita peça, uhum. musicais, e gravava músicas com alguns artistas, então esse, esse meio musical já estava meio que dentro de mim. E aí eu fui crescendo dentro da escola de samba com a minha família e me interessei muito pela bateria. Um, so she has always been, she was always interested in music. She actually mentions that she started in musical theater and theater. So she, just by virtue of being involved in theater, she got really interested in music and that's sort of how she got to percussion. É, sobre entrar para a bateria, é, eu era muito nova ainda, eu, eu fui acompanhar é, meu tio, né, que era músico, então aí eu fui lá na quadra né, da escola de samba, aqui da Rocinha, e aí chegando lá eu vi a bateria tocando, eu falei, poxa, por que, que eu perdi esse tempo todo? Né? E aí, porque eu, de cara, eu já me apaixonei. Falei, pô, eu não quero sair daqui de dentro nunca mais. E aí, foi aí que eu comecei. Hum. Foi, se eu não me engano, em 2003 para 2004. E quantos anos você tinha? Ixi, olha, eu acho que eu tinha uns 14 anos. Ah. Eu, acho que, eu acho que era isso. Um, so she said that she actually, um, like her first experience with bateria was with her uncle, who was a musician. They went to the quadra in Rocinha and she saw the bateria and sort of just immediately fell in love. And she, that was like a, mo like a kind of like, I'm sure for lots of people, this lightning bolt moment where she was like, this mm -hmm. is what I want and I never want to <laughs> leave here. Um, and this was around 2003, 2004, when she was around 14 years old. Very cool. Isso, e aí daí eu cheguei lá e é, teve um intervalo lá do samba, e aí eu peguei um chocalho lá, pedi licença, claro, ao mestre, e aí comecei a fazer lá do jeito que eu achava que era certo, 
comecei a tocar do meu jeito lá, e aí o mestre me viu e falou assim, oh, você não quer ensaiar aqui com a gente não, tocar, pô, você leva jeito e tal, aí foi aí que começou a minha história na, na, na bateria. Um, so she said that there was in the like when she was in the quad that first time there there was actually a break um, and she went over and picked up the chocalio and she asked permission of course because you should always ask permission but she asked permission and she started to play what how she thought that she should play or like by her method and the mestre actually saw her and was like oh actually you seem to have a talent for it so why don't you you should join us you should come and 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 be part of it and so she that's what that was the beginning of her story in the bateria which who was the mestre at the time quem era o mestre nesse momento na época era o mestre pato roco é carlos né carlos só que todo mundo conhece como pato roco so it was mestre carlos mestre pato roco uh, e depois Shokayu, uh, oh sorry, and then after <laughs> after Shokayu, then um, you did you when did you move on to Tresera or how how did that evolution go? Então você falou que você pegou o Shokayu, né? Como foi a evolução de você tocar nesse momento o Shokayu ao que você realmente o, o o que você toca agora o surdo? Como foi a sua experiência e evolução nos, no, nas, nos instrumentos do samba? É, eu, eu tocava chocalho, mas a minha vontade mesmo sempre foi tocar a terceira. Mas o mestre não, não deixava, não, porque eu era muito magrinha, muito pequenininha, e aí ele não confiava muito e falava, não, fica aí no chocalho mesmo e tal. Eu tive que que perseverar muito para conseguir, que eu perturbava ele todo o ensaio, eu falava, não, deixa eu tocar, deixa eu tocar. E ele, não, não, não. Aí me deixou tocar assim, com muito custo. Assim. Eu desfilei meu primeiro ano eu, de, de bateria, eu ensaiei o ano inteiro no Chucalho. Chegou no dia, teve um incidente lá, eu tive que tocar caixa. <risos> e aí não foi nada do que eu tinha planejado, né? Mas já tinha escolinha lá. Então, eu fazia escolinha. Então, eu tinha um pouquinho de noção de como tocava a caixa. Acabou que meu primeiro ano, eu não desfilei de, de cara, eu desfilei de caixa. So, the first year that she was there, she played chocalho, and, but she, heard, she really, really wanted to play terceira, um, but the mestre didn't want her to play. She was really small and skinny, and so the mestre didn't really have confidence that she could pull it off. And so she would be like, let me play, let me play. And he would say, no, no, you should stay in the chocalho. You should stay in the chocalho. Um, and so she did. And, but, and then one, one year, about a year after she started, something happened in the quadra that she was put on caixa. And actually the first time that she ever paraded in the bateria was playing caixa. Hmm. What year was that? Em que ano que você é, desfilou tocando caixa? Foi 2005. And that was the first time she paraded? Essa foi a primeira vez que você desfilou? 
É, na bateria sim. Em 2004 eu desfilei na Rocinha, mas foi numa ala de passo marcado, de, de fazendo coreografia, uhum. por causa do teatro, né? Aí me, me, uhum. me chamaram para lá, eu desfilei na, nessa ala, e aí em 2005 eu já fui para a bateria. Tá. So it wasn't her first time uh, in the parade. She paraded in 2004, but in a in an in a ala that was the dancing one, right? So she she mentioned that she came from a theater, musical theater background. So she was asked to dance in one of the wings of the parade. Um, but 2005 was the first time that she um, paraded in the bateria. Yeah, very cool. How did she go from Caixa to uh, Tresera? Então, você falou que você uh, desfilou primeira, a primeira vez em 2005 com a Caixa. Depois da Caixa, como você chega na, no, na terceira? Eu chego na terceira, faz, é, eu, como tinha já a escolinha, né, que um, o nosso mentor, que é o mestre Luiz, que já é antigo na escola, já na bateria, ele me ensinava, então eu já tinha, assim, pego o jeito de tocar a terceira, ele já tinha me ensinado algumas coisas, e aí nos ensaios eu ficava em cima do mestre, ficava, deixa eu tocar, deixa eu tocar, deixa eu tocar, até que um dia uhum. ele, ele falou assim, não, porque você está muito chata, eu vou deixar você tocar só para você parar de me perturbar. <risos> Aí ele deixou, e quando ele viu, ele falou, putz, cara, desculpa aí, mas você vai tocar a terceira mesmo, desculpa não ter deixado você tocar e tal, e aí foi aí que eu comecei. Um, so she, actually, in the, uh, in the school, there was, um, they developed a sort of program, like a little school in, within it, so that kids could learn how to play. And so she studied with Mestre Luis, um, and she got a chance to learn um, Surdo de Tercera, right? She actually studied with him, and he taught her how to play. Um, but in terms of getting to play during the rehearsals, it was really just her tenacity to keep bothering the Mestre and being like, let me play, let me play, I really want to play. Like, I, I you know, I, and so she, every rehearsal, she would just bother him until he finally was like, you're annoying me and uh, I'm going to let you play just because you keep bothering me about it. So go ahead. And then when he, saw her play, <laughs> when he saw her play, he was like, uh, he actually apologized and was like, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't let you play um, because you're actually really good at it. Awesome. Good for you. Que bom que você não desistiu, Thaís. É, e eu era tímida demais na época, então não sei de onde que eu tirei essa, essa coragem de, de ficar pedindo a ele. Ela diz que ela era realmente muito tímida nessa idade, então ela diz que ela não tem ideia de onde ela tirou a coragem de, na verdade, sabe not let not let up and just keep bothering the mystery about it yeah she knew she could do it <laughs> you know yeah você acreditava né você acreditava no seu valor sim muito <laughs> eu sabia que ele não ia se arrepender eu sentia aí muito isso 
Porque falava assim, eu vou pegar, vou fazer uma coisa, eu vou fazer direito. Então, ele não vai se arrepender, porque eu vou fazer direito. <laughs> she, she says that she knew that he wouldn't regret it, because when she, you know, um, applied herself, she knew she would do it, she would do it well. So she, she knew that she would, he wouldn't, uh, that he wouldn't regret letting her play. Yeah. Yeah. Sylvia, can you ask her, um, while she was learning in the Samba school, did they, did she also take, um, did, have any music classes in regular school? Um, você, uh, um, você falou que na escola eles tinham uma escolinha para ensinar os instrumentos, mas você teve algum outro um, treinamento musical, por exemplo, na sua escola uh, de dia a dia? Um, não, eu ficava mesmo na, na escolinha, né? E paralelamente a isso eu ficava, eu fazia parte de uma companhia de teatro, né? Então eu, como eu não tinha tanto tempo assim, porque ou eu estava viajando com teatro ou eu estava ensaiando, então não tinha tanto tempo assim para estudar em casa muito. Então quando eu ia para a escolinha eu me esforçava ao, ao máximo para aprender o máximo que eu pudesse ali. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so she says no. She um, when she was taking classes at the at the little school, and also at the same time she was in the theater group, and so she says that she was either rehearsing with the with the music um, the the scola or um, with her theater group or traveling with the mm -hmm. theater group. And so there wasn't really much time to do any other um, extracurricular activities where she would have to like study or rehearse anything mm -hmm. else because. Her schedule was full. Sure. Um, Thais, can you tell us? Um, you've paraded with several other schools. Can you tell us about those experiences and how that how that happened? Um, Thais, você já desfilou com muitas escolas. Pode falar um pouco sobre isso e como foi uh, como foram essas experiências de tocar com outras escolas? É, eu já, é meu primeiro ano que eu desfilei é, de caixa na Rocinha, nesse mesmo ano eu fui convidada para desfilar na Portela, de Chucalho. Na Portela eu desfilava em Chucalho, porque antigamente era muito difícil, né? Eles, é, a maioria de, de, dos mestres, assim, diretores de bateria, não, não deixavam muito assim, mulher desfilar em surdo, só mesmo em Chucalho, tamborim... Agora os instrumentos assim, mais pesados não deixavam. Então eu desfilei lá, desfilei lá uns três anos de chucalho. Can you tell us why that is? E você sabe por que era assim? Eu acho que é porque era assim, no meio da bateria o universo é muito masculino, né? É muito. É, a predominância é muito mais masculina. Então, era, eu acho que eu, era difícil para eles verem que uma mulher poderia pegar um surdo, um instrumento pesado e tocar bem, sabe? Então, antes que eles vissem isso, eles já, já criavam uma barreira e não deixavam. Então... Um, so she actually, the first year that she started, um, that she paraded with Rocinha, 
playing Kaisha, she was actually invited to play um, with Portela playing Chocalho. Um, and around that, you know, she was talking about around that time, you know, the Mestres didn't really let women parade with instruments um, that were deemed, you know, quote unquote heavy. Um, and so for three years, she actually paraded with um, Portela playing Chocalho. Um, and so we, you know, we asked her why, um, why she thinks that is, why is, why did the messages not let women play, you know, the heavier instruments? Um, and she says that, you know, just generally the bateria and percussion has been a really masculine, masculine universe. Um, and so while they're used to seeing women play things like chocalio, tamborin, like those lighter instruments, they didn't have... Um, they never really saw or like there wasn't really women who were playing instruments like that. And so they, that was sort of the a preconceived notion and barrier to them letting women play because they assumed that um, these heavy instruments wouldn't be played well by women. And so it was just sort of a barrier. It was from the get go that mm -hmm. they just hadn't seen it. And so they weren't even open to the possibility of it. So this seems to be changing. I've, I've, I mean, not in all the schools, but in a lot of the schools, I, you see women parading with, um, you know, hippies, kaishas, but also surdus and, you know, primer and segunda even. And so can she talk about that evolution that she was a part of that and witnessed that? Mas agora está mudando, né? Já tem mais mulher tocando, você já vê, já pode ver mulheres tocando surdo, repique, e você sabe porque, como isso foi mudando, porque você realmente foi parte dessa mudança, né? Você pode falar um pouco sobre essa evolução de, de quando você começou até agora, que já é mais comum ver mulheres, ou talvez se você não acha que é mais comum, se você acha que todavia existe isso, é, pode falar isso também. É, eu acho que, consequentemente, a, a, esse, a essa coisa de, dos homens não deixarem, eu acho que é, inibiu muito as mulheres de procurarem, sabe, e entrar na bateria e querer tocar e querer pegar um instrumento mais leve é, e por exemplo a minha eu vou dar um exemplo breve que a minha entrada na Tijuca eu não comecei tocando terceira lá é, mas não foi por, por por proibição de nada não foi por medo meu mesmo de chegar lá e pedir para tocar surdo justamente por isso por causa desse universo todo que às vezes ficava difícil, né? Você como mulher, você vê uma bateria cheia de homens, você fica é, meio tímida, com medo de chegar e pedir para tocar. Mas eu acho que hoje em dia, você pode ver na maioria das baterias, aí tem muitas mulheres. Eu acho que está mudando, sim, para melhor. Um, yeah, so she says that it is changing and um, she just thinks it's getting better. But she also thinks that sometimes um, part of the part of the issue, too, was that um, because there's this, this sort of this very, you know, masculine, masculine and male dominated universe um, that sometimes even like the women would be afraid to approach and to ask for those 
instruments that are not traditionally played by women. Um, she says that even her, you know, in her own experience, when she played with Tijuca, um, she didn't start on the surdo because she was too afraid to sort of get there and be like, this is what I want to play. This is what I'm good at. Um, and so it was sort of her own, like she put up her own barrier because she it was too intimidating for her. And so she thinks that that might be the case for a lot of women and that today um, that it's changing because, you know, not only are mestres being more open-minded, but also women are sort of taking more initiative to just play what they want to play. That same thing happens here too. I think that happens <laughs> everywhere. That too. Yeah. Um. Uh, Courtney falou que, que isso também acontece aqui, que às vezes as mulheres também aqui uh, nos Estados Unidos que tocam percussão tem essa tem também esse esse medo, né, que talvez até elas mesmas se proíbem de, de, é. de tocar o que realmente querem é. tocar. Só que agora, como a gente está vendo é, as coisas mudando e os próprios é, integrantes e os próprios representantes da bateria, mestres e diretores estão vendo que, que tem espaço realmente, sabe? É bom para eles, é bom para quem está tocando. Então, acho que isso está se abrindo mais. Então, acho que essa, esse é o momento, né? É, se as mulheres aí estiverem ouvindo, esse é o momento de é, esquecer mesmo o medo, deixar o medo de lado e confiar em si. Você acha que você... É, é, tem capacidade, é, não digo só capacidade tocando, sabe? Digo intelectual mesmo, de entender que às vezes você vai é, passar por, por algum preconceito, vai, vai ouvir alguma coisa que não gosta. Eu acho que esse é o momento de passar por essa barreira e, e ir atrás mesmo do, do, do que você quer, do, do teu sonho. Se, se é tocar, vai atrás, entendeu? Uh, and so she says that the, the the good thing about it too is that things are not only changing, um, but the like even mestres and directors of baterias and everybody are seeing that it's good for the school itself to have more invo involvement from women. Um, so she says that this is a really um, because things are changing. She says this is a really great moment for women who want to play, um, and she says for their listening that. Um, this is a good time to really, you know, have confidence. Um, and if you think that you have the capacity and she's not talking about, you know, talent or ability to play, but she's talking more about um, the mental capacity to be, to know that sure, you might find some, somebody, you know, some prejudices, you might hear, um, you know, things that you don't want to hear about women players and that kind of thing. But if you feel like you have the mental capacity to do it, that this is the moment to leave your fear aside and just go for it. Because if it's your dream, um, then you should work to make it happen. Exactly. Very true. I think Mestre Sisa this year at Viradoru had like 43 women or something in the Batseria. He had quite a few. Was, was she playing in that Batseria this year? Um, Courtney falou que esse ano o Mestre Cissa teve 43 uh, mulheres tocando na bateria. Você tocou esse ano com eles? Sim, sim, toquei, toquei com eles. É, foi um pouco ah, assim... Parabéns, parabéns. <risos> Obrigada. Foi um pouco em cima da hora, né? Mas deu tudo certo. Assim, na verdade, eu já desfilei na, na Viradouro... É 
por três anos, mas foi com outro mestre, foi com o mestre Maurão, que ele era uhum. mestre na Rocinha e foi para foi para Cubango e eu espelhei na Cubango com ele e como terceira microfonada, né? Para quem não sabe assim, né? Os, os, a, cada instrumento é, uma terceira microfonada, uma primeira, uma segunda, algumas caixas, um repique, que esse som que vai ser transmitido para as TVs e, e para quem está na Sapucaí. Então, na Rocinha, enquanto eu tocava surdo de terceira, eu fiquei nove anos consecutivos tocando terceira microfonada. Só saí depois que eu virei diretora. E aí, hum. com o mestre Maurão. E aí, depois, hum. ele foi para Cubango... Aí foi a mesma coisa, eu fui para lá com ele de terceira microfonada, depois ele foi para Viradouro, e aí eu fui para lá também de terceira microfonada. Uau! Que legal! Nossa! Um, so, yes, she did play with them this year, so we said congratulations on the win. Um, she says that she actually um, played with Viradouro for three years, um, but with another mestre, mestre Maurão, because he actually was the um, mestre at Rocinha, um, and then he went to Cubango, and then he went to Viradoro. So actually, she mentions that she was, uh, for Viradoro, um, she was the third surdo that was miked, uh, which is a huge honor because, as many people know, there's hundreds of players on the um, in the Sapucaí and the Passarela. Um, and so the mic'd instruments are the ones that are actually heard in the, I mean, you hear all of them, but they're actually heard by the people in the Sapucaí. So it's a great honor to be mic'd because that means you uh, are really good at your instrument. And so she was actually mic'd, um, the third surda that was mic'd um, for nine years at Rocinha and wow. then was the mic'd third surda at Cubango. And then, of course, she was the mic'd uh, third surda at Viradoro as well. Então, só, só para não, não confundir, aí depois que o mestre Maurão saiu da Viradouro, eu, eu obviamente saí junto com ele, e aí fui desfilando em outras escolas, Imperatriz, Caprichosos, e, e na Tijuca. Na Tijuca eu desfilo na bateria já tem 12 anos, não, 11 anos vai fazer agora. E aí, é, depois que o mestre Cissa entrou, que foi esse ano, ele, que foi ano retrasado, no caso, eu não desfilei, mas não porque não deu mesmo, porque eu desfilava em outras escolas. E aí, quando foi nesse ano, o diretor de bateria deles falou assim, Thaís, pô, preciso de você, não tem como, você vai ter que deixar de desfilar em algum lugar, você vai ter que vir comigo, porque eu preciso de você. E aí, quando um amigo fala que precisa de você, você dá um jeito, né? E aí eu fui desfilei com eles esse ano, ensaiei, tive poucos, fiz poucos ensaios, confesso, porque eu é, cheguei, né, o convite veio, os ensaios já haviam começado, mas aí deu tudo certo, graças a Deus. Ensaiei, desfilei, fui campeã. <risos> que bom. Um... So she was. She wanted to clarify um, that she, um, after Mestre, when Mestre Maron left Viradoro, she actually left with him, um, and she was playing with other schools. So Imperatriz, Caprichos, Tijuca. She's actually been um, 
parading with Tijuca for 12 years. Um, and then Mestri Sisa came into Viradoro. Actually, the first year that he was there, she didn't parade um, because she was had so many other commitments that she couldn't make it work. Um, not for any other reason, but just because she just had too much on her plate um, in terms of playing um, for Carnaval. Um, <clears throat> but then the as they began preparations for 2020, um, one of the directors of the Bateria, a friend of hers said, I really need you to come play. Um, you know, they really, really needed her to, mm. to come be part of the Bateria. Um, and so she was able to make it work. And she says that, you know, she was actually invited once, you know, after the rehearsals had already started. So she had to sort of ramp up, but she thankfully was able to, to pick things up and, um, and they won for those for people who weren't paying attention. Viradoro <laughs> won in twenty Carnival in twenty twenty. I have a two part question. When when you have so many commitments, like as far as uh, schools go, how do you prioritize who you will parade with? Like, do you just wait till the schedule is out and see what's going on, um, and then go from there? And then the second part of my question is. How many championship schools has she been a part of? Uh, então, Thais, quando você... Você falou que você desfila com muito, muitas escolas. É, e a gente estava pensando que deve ser difícil, é, talvez, planejar uh, a agenda. Como você é, planeja ou como você determina as suas prioridades? É, tal, é, a Diana talvez falou que talvez você esperar ver como vai ser a agenda da, do carnaval para saber o que, com quem você vai desfilar? Como que você faz isso? Isso é a primeira uh, parte da pergunta. E de, a segunda parte é quantas escolas campeãs você já... Com, com, uh, quantas campeãs você já, já, já desfilou? Um, deixa eu pensar. Ah, no começo, eu espero realmente sair o sorteio, né? da ordem dos uhum. desfiles. E aí, graças a Deus, todo ano dá para desfilar no, no, nas escolas que, que eu saio normalmente, né? Então, mas às vezes não dá. Ano retrasado, a Viradouro colou com, com a Rocinha, se não me engano, quando, ela, a, quando a Viradouro estava no, no acesso. E aí eu não consegui desfilar na Viradouro que a Viradouro veio desfilando, em, foi a segunda a desfilar e a Rocinha a terceira, então era impossível. Então acho que foi o único ano que, que isso aconteceu. Dos outros, é, eu espero, sai o sorteio e dali eu já faço. E aí como cada escola, cada escola ensaia assim, em algum dia, por exemplo, a é, Viradouro ensaia quarta, Tijuca ensaia na quinta, Portela na sexta e domingo, aí então tem... Tem como você fazer um, um... Como é que eu vou dizer? Um... Ah, me fugiu a palavra aqui. Dá para fazer... Dá para ensaiar, entendeu? Às vezes cai no mesmo dia, mas aí conversa com o diretor. Aí o diretor, não, vem tal dia e tal dia você vai para outra escola. Aí fica tudo certo. Uhum. Um, so she does wait for the release of the order. Um, so the, I guess the lottery to see who's going to um, parade when. 
Um, and she waits to make sure that she'll be able to um, parade with who she wants to parade with. She says that most of the time it works out that every, almost every year she's been able to make it work and, and parade with who she wants to parade with. Um, she can only think of like the, the year that she didn't, um, that she didn't parade with Viradoro, it was because Viradoro was second and Josinha was third. And so she was not going to be able to do, to, to be able to make it in time um, if she was with Viradoro to be with um, Josinha. So that's really the only one that she can remember where she had to sort of not play with who she wanted to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the rehearsals, um, she says that every um, escola, every school has a different day or they're not all on the same day rehearsals and even you know for example Portela's on Fridays and Sundays and she mentioned Viradoro's on another day of the week um Chijuca's on another day of the week and so she says that for the most part um she can sort of prioritize which one she which um rehearsals she has to go to um and then if for some reason they land on the same day where she has a conflict, then she can talk to the director of the battery and say, hey, I can't come this day. And so they'll say, well, come this day. So there's a lot of flexibility in that she can um, sort of manage her time and make sure she's paying, you know, she's going to the rehearsals that she needs to go to. Mm-hmm. A Rocinha já foi campeã, no caso do grupo de acesso, em 2005, que foi o meu primeiro ano na bateria. A gente desfilou e a Rocinha foi campeã, foi para o grupo especial. É, um, Tijuca, né? Lá eu sou, sou tricampeã lá, 2010, 2012, 2014. Todos esses, todos esses anos eu desfilei. É, e Viradouro agora. Uhum. Acho que é isso. Um, so, the, so the ones that she's been part of, Rocinha, obviously, um, she was actually part of, um, they won the Grupo de Acesso, which means that that's when they went to the Grupo Especial. Um, mm-hmm. to, and then she, um, with Chijuca, obviously, who's been a, who's a three-time champion, um, and Viradouro um, last year. Awesome. But obviously, that's those are the ones that she's been part of. But obviously, there's other schools like Portela, for example, that's been a champion. Maybe not win with her, but uh, who it, right. you know, it is a champion right. school. I want to go back for just a second and um, ask her about what that's like being the the instrument that has the microphone. That seems like a lot of pressure. Obviously, she's a badass and can handle it, but that just <laughs> seems like so much. That's just a, such an honor. That's like a lot of pressure. Can she tell us about what that's like? Um, você falou sobre ser o, uh, o surdo que tem o microfone. Um, como você lida com a pressão? Você sente pressão quando você vai tocar? É, como, como é essa experiência de saber que, que todos estão ouvindo o seu instrumento? É, no, no começo, assim, era muita... É, eu, eu, como eu era bem novinha mesmo, eu era menor de idade ainda. Então, é, acho que o primeiro e o segundo ano de desfile, que foi na Rocinha, foi bem assim, que eu tava com, parecia que eu tava, que eu tinha um centímetro, que eu era 
cara, fiquei pequenininha, me senti pequenininha dentro daquela sapucaí. Parecia que era um gigante, um monstro que estava ali para me pegar e eu morri de medo, mas eu segui todas as instruções do diretor e do mestre e aí deu tudo certo. Aí depois, nos outros anos, sempre dá aquele nervoso, né? Mas aí como já tem um certo tempo de experiência, então eu acho que é só no comecinho mesmo quando toca a sirene, mas quando a bateria começa a tocar aí, aí já foi aí. Toca e vai, vai se embora. <risos> um, so at first, um, you know, when she first became the the surdo that was mic'd, I mean, she was she was really young. She was actually underage when she first started being the Mike Tsurdu Tutesera at Hosinha. And so she says she can remember her first experience as she she says she felt uh, one centimeter small facing this huge monster. So she that's how she felt in the mm. Sampukai. Um But um, so she can remember feeling nervous. But she says now that... Um, Now that she's had more experience and that she's been doing it for so long, she still gets nervous um, at the beginning, like when the siren, you know, when she mm -hmm. hears the siren for the school to begin and all of that. Um, but for the most part, you know, once the bateria starts playing and she's in the zone, um, she, you know, she sort of just lets it all go and just plays. Um, and she says that actually um, when she was at Hosinha and playing really young, um, that she, you know, she didn't, she didn't make any, you know, she didn't make any mi mistakes. Like she followed the directions. She, um, and, and she did everything the, the directors told her. So she was fine. Um, and so that experience of knowing what she's doing really helps in curbing the nerves. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, can she tell us what it was like to, she, you know, she's the, The mestre of a bateria. Can she tell us what that's like? How that how that came about? Uh, então, uh, você é um, mestre de, de uma bateria. Como você chegou um, a ser o mestre? A mestre, como se diz? A mestre. <risos> a mestre, como você chegou a isso? E como você se sente ter essa posição? Eu cheguei na, na Feitiço do Rio... É, através de um dos diretores de bateria da Unidos da Tijuca. Ele, ele falou para mim um dia, ele chegou para mim e falou assim, pô, eu tenho um amigo que ele é presidente de uma escola de samba e ele está precisando de mestre, lá está sem mestre. Eu falei, ah, é mesmo? Aí tinha um outro amigo nosso junto, eu falei, pô, indica o Lucas, cara. Aí ele, não, vou indicar você. Eu falei, ah, para de palhaçada. Eu falei, brincando assim, né? Porque ele é muito brincalhão. Tudo que tu fala, tudo que ele fala, é, 90% é brincadeira e 10% é sério. Então, eu levei a sério. Ele falou assim, ó, quinta-feira ele vai lá no ensaio lá, vai falar contigo. Isso era em dezembro, se eu não me engano. Aí ele falou, ó, quinta-feira ele vai lá. Eu falei, ah, tá bom, mas não levei a sério, não. E aí ele apareceu quinta-feira lá no ensaio, presidente. Falou, pô, você que é a Thaís mesmo, né? Falei, pô, sou eu. Aí ele, pô, vamos conversar. Aí eu falei, gente, é sério. Ele falou pro cara, ele me indicou. <risos> ele, pô, não falei, não tô brincando. Tu acha que eu tô brincando? Aí ele conversou, 
falou que já, me, já conhecia meu trabalho na Rocinha, como diretora, e na Tijuca também. E aí me fez o convite e eu né, fiquei desesperada. Eu não esperava, né? Não, 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 não esperava mesmo. Não, não, não era um sonho meu, não. De verdade. Eu queria tocar e ficar ali de diretora na Rocinha e dar minhas aulas e era isso. Nunca tinha almejado nada disso. Foi um, um susto, um baque. Mas fiquei muito, mas fiquei muito feliz. So, the way that she um, arrived at Feitiço do Rio, she actually um, was through a friend of hers at Tijuca. Um, she, her friend mentioned that, you know, she was like, there's this group and called Feitiço do Rio and they don't have a master right now. Um, and they were actually talking with, it was her, um, her friend from that was, you know, uh, telling her about the fact that Feitiço do Rio didn't have a master and another person. And she was like, oh, yeah, you should totally recommend Lucas, you know, who was with them. And her friend was like, no, I'm, I'm going to recommend you. I'm going to tell them about you. <laughs> and she thought he was joking because just this friend that she mentions um, is somebody who is always joking around. And she's like, you know, 90% of what he says are jokes. And so she didn't take it seriously at all. Um, and so this was in December and so she was, you know, going to her rehearsals and, um, at one of the rehearsals, the president of Feitiço shows up and was like, oh, you know, I, I want to talk to you <laughs> about, <laughs> about, uh, you know, coming to, coming to the, to the Samba school. And she was like, oh my God, you really my friend really recommended me. Like she couldn't believe that, you know, she, for the whole time she was thinking that it was a joke. Um, and he told her that, you know, that he had, who he knew her work at, um, at the schools that she was, uh, she was at with Tijuca, with Rosinha. Um, and he invited her to, to be the mestri, uh, to be the mestra. And, um, she said she didn't expect it. She was super, super shocked. Um, because she had never really thought of herself in, in this, in a role like that. Um, because for her, like her ultimate goal was to maybe become a director at Hosinha and, you know, give her classes and keep playing and, you know, she loves to play. Um, so it wasn't in her, like the dreams that she's, she dreamed for herself. Um, so, but when this came about, she was like, I'm, I'm going to do it. And she's super happy mm -hmm. that she did. <laughs> That's only two months to get ready. That's amazing. For Carnival. December. Então, uh, Thaís, quando você falou que ele chegou em que foi em dezembro, você já um, desfilou como mestra esse ano no Carnaval ou ainda ficou um tempo antes de desfilar? Não, não. Foi em dezembro. Aí, do, é, em janeiro foi a, a minha apresentação. Em fevereiro a gente uhum. desfilou, então eu tive... É, pra... Caraca! <risos> Nossa, como, como você conseguiu? <risos> Até hoje eu não sei também. <risos> so, yeah, I, I clarified. I was like, what, was there maybe a year and a lag time or something? But no, yeah, it was December and in January they presented her as the, as the director, or the mestra of the bateria, and then in February they paraded and wow. I asked her like how did she do it and she's like uh till this day I don't know I don't know how we did it 
do do the newer schools the parade in the Sambodromo? Um, as escolas mais mais uh, mais novas como um, Feitiço do Rio, eles também desfilam no Sambódromo? Não, não, ainda não, né? Antigamente as escolas que eram mais novas até desfilavam, mas eu acho que ficou muita coisa para eles, né, da organização, então desfilam em outro lugar, na Intendente Magalhães, que é onde desfilam as escolas do grupo do grupo C, do grupo D, grupo E. Uhum. Onde fica, onde fica isso? Hum, deixa eu ver. É quase, quase no centro, mas é mais para, é mais para dentro do centro. Não sei explicar bem porque ali é um, é um, é um lugar mais escondidinho. Uhum. E como se chama? Como se chama? Pode falar é, o nome de novo? Intendente Magalhães. Intendente Magalhães. So, uh, no, they don't um, parade in the Sambódromo. They have a, another place in Centro or near Centro um, that's called Intendente Magalhães. And so uh, the, all the other groups, like the C-level groups, D, E, that's where they parade. They used to parade in the Sambódromo, but then um, just the organization for a lot of the schools was kind of prohibitive. Like they couldn't mm. actually make it to organize everybody that they needed to to go to Sambodromo. So that's why they have like this other space. And do they compete with the judges and everything? Um, e tem no carnaval deles, no desfiles deles, eles, é, é, é a mesma um, estrutura aqui no Sambodromo, onde tem é, juiz, tem é, com, competição, tudo isso. Tem, tem tudo isso, mas é bem menor. Hum. É, uhum. A quantidade de, de, de jurados é menor também. É, normalmente são, pelo menos no meu grupo, são duas cabines, às vezes três de jurados. É, o tempo de desfile é bem menor também, variando, variando de grupo, né? Grupo B, C, D. É, quanto mais lá embaixo você tiver, eu acho que é menos, menos tempo. O tempo é, é bem menor. E quantidade de, de carros também, carro alegórico não suporta muito. É, é, tem um, tem um, alguns grupos são um, é um carro, outros são dois. É, pou, pouca coisa, entendeu? Número de componentes também diminui muito. Mais ou menos isso. So, um, so it is the same structure as the Carnaval in the Sambodromo, just on a smaller scale. So she was saying that, for example, the ju the judges, um, there's only like two judge judges tables, um, in, you know, uh, along the route of the parade. Um, there's less, the parade is less time, right? So not the traditional, mm. what is it, 80 minutes the Sambodromo mm -hmm. is, it's like much smaller. Um The floats, too, is a lot less. For example, some schools might have one or two, depending on, like, what level they have. Uh, the number of participants in the school is also much smaller. So, so yes, it is ex almost exactly the same, just on a smaller scale. Interesting. Um, can she tell us if she knows? I don't know if she knows. Um, like, how does the new Samba school start? Is it, was it, like, formerly a bloco, and then they decided to become more formal and get a building or how does a new samba school start 
então, hoje, hoje em dia, como é que uma, uma escola de samba se, se forma? Antigamente, o que a gente, a gente sabe é que eram blocos que, se, que viraram é, escolas de samba. Como é que isso acontece agora, hoje em dia? É, hoje em dia é praticamente o mesmo processo, né? Porque não tem como muito assim você já de cara virar uma escola de samba, né? Você tem que passar por todo o processo. Tem que ir lá embaixo no grupo E, aí vai subindo. Conforme a escola vai sendo campeã, ela vai subindo de, de, de grupo, né? Então tem que passar por esse processo. A não ser que. Tem algum outro elemento aí que faça a escola aí direto, mas é bem difícil passar pelo processo. Uhum. Um, so she says yes, it's the same process still, like they they're groups and then you have to sort of make your way up through the ranks, right? So you start in a an E group and then you, you know, depending on your ability to become the champion of your group then you um, then you start rising in the in the yeah. ranks but yes it's it's the same as starting as a group you're really um, you know the process is, is really hard I, I have a question so with the pandemic going on right now are she's still preparing for next year's carnival even though we don't have any idea what's happening right Uh, então, é, falando agora da, do carnaval do ano que vem, é, a gente está sabendo que, sabe, a pandemia pode ter uma influência sobre o que vai acontecer. Como vocês estão fazendo agora? Ainda tem essa esperança de que vai ter carnaval? Estão uh, já ensaiando? Como é que vocês estão levando essa pandemia? É, falando especificamente de, do carnaval do ano que vem. É, por enquanto ainda a gente tá com a esperança, né? Mas com a cabeça no lugar de que o tempo que for para esperar, a gente vai ter que esperar, né? Porque não adianta nada a gente sair fazendo as coisas e as pessoas ficarem doentes. E aí a gente não, não tá tendo ensaio, é, não tá tendo nada, assim. A gente conversa muito é, por telefone, temos os nossos grupos, né? de WhatsApp, então a gente vai mandando vídeos antigos para quem é novo é, na bateria, quem está aprendendo, é, vai treinando em casa, é, as crianças, eu também, é, como eu tenho muito assim, contato com as crianças e é mais na Rocinha, no caso, eu fico muito responsável pelas crianças da bateria. Então, eu sempre estou mandando vídeo para eles, eu sempre estou fazendo alguma coisa nova, pego um repique pego um surdo, é, um tamborinho, eu sempre faço algum exercício, passo alguma coisa para eles por vídeo, e assim a gente vai fazendo. Por enquanto, ninguém está se vendo mesmo, todo mundo em casa. Uhum. Um, so, she says that they have hope that it'll happen next year, um, but she also says that they are thinking safety first, and so there's not this... Um, expectation that they'll um you know go out and do things that could possibly get people sick so right now they're not doing really anything concrete in person like they're not rehearsing um <clears throat> but they are talking and planning and so for example when it's possible um 
if there's like a new member of a bateria, then they are sending them um, videos from last year so that they can rehearse at home. Um, you know, she's saying that, you know, she's, um, especially in Hosina, she's in charge of the kids. And so she's making sure that everything's organized for that part of things. And so, um, so there's no, there's no concrete planning, but there is work being done to prepare in the event that next year there is a carnival. Mm-hmm. Um, as we kind of wrap up, I want to ask her, um, I was on the, um, oh, what was it? It was the Hosinia Solidarity Workshops that um, were put together by Bloco 3K that uh, Rob put together. Um, can she tell us what that experience was like for her? According to querendo saber sobre os workshops que Rob da Australia fez, um, was it YouTube? Uh, it was Zoom. 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 Bloco 3K. Uh, como foi isso, essa experiência? Ah, sim, foi uma experiência muito, foi diferente, né? Porque até então eu, eu faço workshop pessoalmente. Faço muito com a Tijuca e tal, com a Rocinha, só que foi uma experiência muito diferente. Eu confesso assim que no começo eu fiquei meio com medo, né? De não conseguir passar as informações da forma que eu gostaria, né? Mas deu tudo certo. Tanto que eu acho que eu não sei se já tá certo os dias aí, vai, se não me engano, vão, vão ter outras sessões aí de workshop que a gente vai fazer. E foi o, o mais legal de tudo é que a gente pôde ajudar as pessoas, né? A gente já arrecadou com esses workshops aí é, mais de uma tonelada de alimentos. Então, foi muito importante para nós, assim, esse trabalho. Um, so she was saying um, that um, it was a very different experience for her um, because, uh, Courtney, do you want to talk, talk a little bit about what, what actually happened and then I can yeah. give the answer? Yeah. So um, Rob Akari, who we interviewed a few interviews ago, he uh, put on these workshops. He basically organized some workshops with, with, with Thais and um, with the Mestri Junior from from Hosinia and then also the Hipiki director, I think I think you pronounce his name Jones, um, and they they did these workshops on Zoom and there were people from around the world on these workshops. Everybody paid a certain amount of money and then all the proceeds um, went to the teachers and to the um, the Samba School where they bought some some things for different they identified different members of the bateria who were in need you know during the pandemic who maybe didn't have work or food or or um you know sanitary supplies so um yeah it was this really great it was a cool thing um yes so so she actually said that um at first she was kind of worried about them because she's only done workshops in person um, and so she was worried that she wouldn't be able to um, transmit all of the information that she wanted in the way that she does when she's in person. Um, but she said that she was super excited to be part of it and that um, she thinks that it, was, it was successful because they're actually planning more sessions. She doesn't have the dates yet, but they're going to have more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the best part is that they were able to 
raise um, or um, gather more than a ton of dry goods and, and food to assist the communities um, impacted, obviously, by, by the coronavirus. Exactly. And it's happening again. You guys listening will have an opportunity to do this again. So they did three people the first time. This time they're doing five. So um, stay tuned. We will definitely put it out there when these workshops come back around. Um, can she tell us about her teachers? Uh, Thais, uh, Thais, pode falar um pouco sobre uh, as pessoas que ensinaram você a tocar, uh, seus mestres, essas pessoas que influenciaram e, e ainda influenciam você? Assim, é... quando eu comecei na Rocinha, a gente tinha a escolinha, né? Que tem até hoje, no caso. É, um é o Luiz, né, que é mais conhecido como Bolacha. É, ele é o nosso mentor. <risos> é o nosso mentor, ele que me ensinou a terceira, me ensinou caixa. É, ele tem uma doutrina assim, muito legal da escolinha dele, que é assim, quando você entra na escolinha, é, ele pergunta, ah, você quer tocar o quê? Ah, no meu caso, eu quero tocar a terceira. Aí ele, vou te ensinar a terceira, mas você também vai ter que aprender a tocar uma caixa. Porque se acontece alguma coisa e aí você não sabe tocar outro instrumento, como é que fica? Vai ficar de fora do desfile? Não vai. Então, você tem que aprender alguma outra coisa. Então, é, acabou que nisso, eu acabei aprendendo quase tudo. Né? Porque ele chegava, ficava até mais tarde na, na escolinha e tal, aí ensinava repique, ensinava caixa, ensinava tamborim, tudo. Então a gente é, aprendeu muito com ele, aprende né? cada dia mais. É, então ele é o meu mentor maior. Aí tem o mestre Maurão, né? aprendi muito com ele, muita coisa com ele, ainda aprendo. Mestre Júnior. Né, que me deu a oportunidade de ser diretora na, na escola do meu coração e consequentemente mestre casa grande da Tijuca que tive muitas oportunidades ainda tem na Tijuca né é, viagens para fora do país tudo mais gravações assim ele me dá muitas oportunidades então essas pessoas assim eu tenho como exemplo assim para mim e, então, o mestre Júnior foi quem te indicou para ser mestra de... de um, diretora, né? De, de, oh, diretora, tá. É, assim, ele, quando era o mestre Maurão, ele sempre, Maurão sempre conversava comigo, ó, não te coloco de diretora, porque eu preciso muito de você na terceira, com microfone. Então, eu falava sempre para ele, ó, quero ajudar da forma que você achar melhor. Eu nunca fiquei, sabe? É, então, ele falava sempre isso. Então, quando o mestre Maurão saiu e entrou o mestre Júnior, ele falou assim, ó, oh, Thais, agora eu vou precisar de você comigo na direção. E eu ainda até fui meio relutante. Eu falei, poxa, mas quem é que vai tocar e tal? Vocês nunca me colocaram porque sempre precisaram de mim. Como é que vai ser? Ele, não, você vai escolher quem é que vai te substituir. E a gente vai, ao longo do ano, a gente vai analisando o pessoal, e aí você escolhe. E aí eu pensei muito, muito, muito mesmo, e aí 
Falei para ele, pô, você tá me dando uma oportunidade, por que, que eu não vou abraçar, né? Uhum. E aí eu fui assim que eu virei diretora. Um, so she mentions a, a, a few of her mentors. The first one she men mentions is Louise, uh, also known as Bolasha, who's her probably her biggest mentor because that's who um, ran the Escolinha, the little school at Rocinha. Um, and so his approach or his philosophy to teaching kids how to um, play uh, samba instruments was that, you know, he asked, he asked her what she wanted to play. And she said, I want to play um, third surdu. But then he said, well, you have to learn something else too, <laughs> because, um, you know, for some reason, you know, something goes wrong where you can't play something, I want you to be able to play something else and not have to leave the bateria, right? Um, and so, you know, through that, you know, she learned how to play the third surdu, she learned how to play kaisha. Um, and then, you know, she was really um, motivated. And so she would stay late and, you know, be there all the time. And so she learned how to play almost everything. Um So she really credits him with being her biggest mentor. And then Mestre Marão at Rocinha, um, you know, he was also really instrumental in, you know, her um, her trajectory. Um, and Mestre Junior, too. Actually, she's um, thankful to Mestre Junior because he was the first one to give her um, like a directorship role um, because, you know, when she would play with Mestre Mauro, he sort of, he always wanted her to be the mic surdu. So, um, you know, even though she did see herself in this sort of leadership role, in a directorship role, um, you know, with Mestre Mauro, she didn't really have that opportunity because, you know, he really relied on her to play um, as the mic surdu. Mm -hmm. um, and so Mestre Junior was actually, you know, when, when she, he was like, I want you to be in the director role with me. I need you as a director. She almost was like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to do that because I know that, you know, my skills are really needed um, as a player, you know, as somebody who was miked. Um, and so she kind of was like, I don't know if I want to do that. But then he was like, well, I'll give you the opportunity to pick your sub, your substitute. And so she was like, well, if I'm giving, being given this leadership opportunity, why am I not going to embrace it and just go for it? And so she did that. She also mentions uh, Mestri Casagrande with Chijuka. She says that he was also instrumental in giving her opportunities beyond that go beyond the, you know, the confines of the parades, because with him, she's, she was, you know, he would invite her to participate in recordings um, in, you know, traveling with the school. And so she's kind of broadened her horizons thanks to Mestri Casagrande of Chijuca. She just talked about her mentors, but the, now that she's in a leadership role, does she find herself as a mentor for a lot of young ladies that are wanting to play? Um, então, você, você fala, uh, Thaís, você falou um pouco sobre as pessoas que influenciaram você. Agora que você está como, como mestra, um, você uh, tem algumas uh, meninas na sua escola que você tenta ser também, é, influenciar elas e, e ser, uh, e guiar elas na, na, sua, na escola? Ah, sim, sim. É, até fora da escola eu recebo muitas mensagens, é, 
muitas meninas é, às vezes me ligam para pedir dica ou então para fazer uma entrevista, essas coisas. É, e tem uma diretora de bateria minha na Feitiço, que é a Giovana. E ela começou comigo pequenininha, bem criancinha mesmo, tipo, ela devia ter uns sete anos de idade. E ela começou comigo e aí foi evoluindo, um tamborim, né? Ela, eu ensinei ela a tocar outros instrumentos também, caixa, surdo, mas ela se, é, ela se encontrou no tamborim e hoje ela é minha diretora de bateria na feitiço de tamborim. Uau. Uhum. Que bom. Um, so she says that yeah, she she does act as a mentor to girls in the school, but even outside of the school, she says that a lot of um, girls in you know in the percussion world in in uh, Sama school percussion actually call her up to just chat about you know so ask her for advice um, and for tips. She's done interviews before, um, and she actually says she mentions that she um, has. Uh, one of the directors of the bateria that is the director of the tamborings, um, she actually started, her name is Giovanna. She started with, um, at Feichiso, she's uh, started playing with Thais when she was seven years old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she started playing um, tamborin and kaisha and surdo, but she really excelled and sort of found herself in the tamborin. And now mm -hmm. she is one of the directors at uh, Feichiso. So... Um, she is definitely um, sort of uh, a mentor and a promoter of women in the baterias. That's great. Uh, Thais, thank you so much for being here. Um, we really appreciate you sharing your story with us. Um, is there any question that we have not asked you that you would like to share with our English-speaking audience? Uh, Thais, a gente queria agradecer você por ter... Um, compartilhado um pouco sobre sua história e, e, e sua carreira. Tem alguma pergunta que a gente não te perguntou? Alguma coisa que você queria falar sobre seu trabalho é, para a gente compartilhar com, com os ouvintes? Ah, sim. É, não, acho que só é um, um outro lado meu que... Eu não, não costumo falar muito, nem falo, mas é, quem quiser também é, seguir lá minhas redes sociais. Eu tenho trabalho como cantora também e eu tenho meu grupo, né, que a gente toca de tudo, samba, é, funk, rock, a gente toca de tudo e faz eventos fora. Então, eu tenho esse meu trabalho como cantora que... Antes ele estava um pouquinho, por conta da percussão, ele estava um pouquinho para trás, só que agora eu estou tô, tô voltando com ele. Então, quem quiser dar uma olhada lá, tem muitos vídeos de covers que eu faço. E aí, quem quiser puder lá seguir minhas redes sociais para dar uma ajudinha lá, eu agradeço. <risos> claro, pode, pode falar, a gente vai colocar as redes uh, no link, mas pode falar as, uh, as redes para gente? Sim, sim, é, tem Instagram, o oficial Thaís Rodrigues, Facebook Thaís Rodrigues é, e Twitter Thaís Rodrigues. 
um, so she was saying that something that she doesn't share that often is that on top of being this amazing percussionist, and that's my words, not hers, um, she is a singer as well. And she oh, has wow. a group and she had, they, you know, they do shows and events. Um, and so she sings everything from samba to funk and rock. Um, and so she was saying that anybody who wants to come and visit her, um, and her social media, she has a lot of videos where she does covers and things like that. Hmm. So she said that she kind of put it aside because she was so involved in percussion, um, that she sort of let that on, go on the back burner, but that now she's sort of retaking that, um, some, something that she really loves. And so, um, if people want to follow her and see those videos, they can go to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook where she can be found under Thais Rodriguez. Great. I'm Thank- following her now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. And we really appreciate it. I hope one day to be able to meet you in person in Brazil and, uh, it was fun doing those those workshops online. Thank you so much. Uh, obrigada, Thais, de novo. A Courtney falou que ela é, ficou muito feliz de participar nos workshops online que você fez. E que ela, como eu e Diana também, temos a esperança de encontrar você e conhecer você em pessoa quando a gente for lá no, lá no Rio. Ah, eu agradeço muito o convite. É, também fiquei muito feliz né, pela iniciativa, pela iniciativa né, do Rob de ter feito os workshops e de todos que participaram. É, espero que tenham outros encontros desses virtualmente e pessoalmente também. E só uma, só uma coisinha que eu queria frisar aqui, assim, mais assim, para as mulheres assim, que estão que ouvindo, que vão ouvir, é, Assim, não, não tenha medo de, de ir atrás, sabe, do que você quer. Porque você vê aí um, um montão de gente que, às vezes, não, não corre tanto atrás assim. Tem alguns, assim, privilegiados mesmo, sabe? E é tão bom quando a gente tem um sonho e a gente almeja aquilo ali com tanto carinho. A gente trabalha tanto, sabe? para poder chegar num um, um patamar bom, sabe? E ver as pessoas felizes. Então, se você tem um sonho de que seja tocar em bateria, cantar, é, qualquer coisa, sabe? É, não deixe de fazer, não deixe. Porque a pior coisa é o arrependimento. Eu vejo vários amigos aí que eu perdi é, por, que são bons, assim, percussionistas. E perdi esses amigos para para diversas coisas, sabe, que desistiram no meio do caminho, foram parar no, no, no tráfico, sabe, e não é legal. Então, mulheres, não, não desistam não, sabe, se tiver dúvida, é, vai lá no meu Instagram, é, pergunta, eu vou lá no Google Tradutor, eu, eu graças a Deus, tenho é, uma facilidade de de aprender, então já estou correndo atrás de um cursinho aí de inglês para poder entender todo mundo então, se é, tiver dúvida pode me procurar, não tem vergonha, de algum jeito a gente vai conseguir se comunicar e corra atrás, não desistam não é isso 
Ai, acho, é, acho essa mensagem muito bonita para para acabar a, a entrevista. Um, so she she wanted she said first of all she was really happy to participate in the in the workshops that you mentioned, Courtney, and that she hopes that that they'll be able to do it again um, soon because she really enjoyed it and she was also happy that a lot of people participated and they were able to help a lot of people. Um, and then she had a final message for any women who are listening to the podcast. And she says, number one, don't be afraid to go after what you want. Um, you know, she says that there's a lot of people, especially, you know, maybe people who are a little more privileged who don't have to, you know, who don't have the urgency to go after their dreams. Um, but she says that, you know, women really have to, you know, sort of go after what they want. So if you have a dream, whether it's to play percussion in a bateria or to sing, um, that don't to not to give up because with a lot of love and a lot of work, you can sort of, you can reach the summit. And she says that she, um, cause she says that the worst thing that you can do is give up because there's a lot of, you know, she has seen it in her own friends that have that, you know, she knows people that she's, that she's lost along the way that have given up because they, you know, don't want to play anymore or whatever, but she says that there's a lot of people that she's seen that have regrets and that's the worst thing that you can do um, is have that regret that you didn't go after what you really wanted to do. And so she says that if there's a woman out there listening that wants to contact her and that, you know, wants to go on social media, they can ask her questions. They can ask her for advice. She says that she'll use Google if she, Google Translate if she needs to. <laughs> Um, she says that she's actually learning English. She says that she she's good at, at, at languages, so she's trying to learn English and um, that she says not to be afraid to contact her um, and that they'll find she'll find some way to communicate with them because she really wants um, women to, to go after their dreams and to, to do the things that they want to do. That's, That's great. Thank you so much. Obrigada, Thais. Eu que agradeço, muito obrigada mesmo. Um beijo para todos vocês. Na memória, nega de tanta coragem, vibra que a dor no grito por liberdade. I know you guys loved that podcast. Um, if you want links to her social media, you can find them on our website, thebrazilianbeat.com. And just check her out, give her some love. As she said at the end of the interview, if you have questions about stuff, you want to learn things, give her a call. She's working on her English and trying to get better, and she's totally interested in connecting with you. So definitely reach out. So once again, we'd like to shout out our uh, Kofi um, donors, Jack Hart and Mel Raff. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Yeah, thank you so much. We also want to shout out everybody that was on that Zoom call last night. <laughs> yes, we had a California-Brazil camp uh, Zoom call, reunion call that I helped organize, and it was just so fun and just needed yeah. for our community. So shout out to everybody on that call. and Shout out to you, Diana, for putting it together, making it happen. Yeah, Pushing those guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They need my nudging sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so great to see everybody, and we hope to do something like that again soon. I hope so. Some people and are just crying the whole time. I know. It's so, like, touching. Yeah. Luckily, my, um, I guess luckily my green screen didn't work so that you couldn't <laughs> see me crying as well. <laughs> I cried a little bit, but not the whole time. No, not the whole time. <laughs>
Yeah. Oh, yeah. But there was, man, I wanted to dance. Yeah. It was just so fun. Had some good performances and just great seeing everybody. I, I did miss the after party, though. <laughs> yeah. The, I kept hearing about it. Yeah, I kept getting messages. But that's like regular camp. I always miss the yeah. after party anyway. Yeah, so. true. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you next year, campers. That's right. Good work, Diana. That was a good that was a good thing you, you pulled off. Yeah. Thanks everybody for following us on uh, social media. Um, tag us on posts of yourselves practicing playing anything like that uh we'd love to hear from you keep it up keep practicing you guys we'll come out of this we'll be able to play together soon all right take care bye tchau tchau Quilombo, a fuga é forçada Roubaram saúde e educação Justiça, ainda pedal